you doing, sir?
it out. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet one more time. How's everybody doing? Hey, that's a little bit better. Come on, we thank you guys. Hey, if you're tuning in online, we love you. We thank you for tuning in. Do us a favor. Share this link. Get it out to everybody this morning. We want everybody to worship with us. We know the Holy Spirit is going to show up in your house the same way it is right here. So come on, let's pray real quick, and we're going to usher in the Spirit, and we're going to walk into a phenomenal moment of worship. Come on. Come on, Father. We love you, God. Come on, Holy Spirit. Fill this room. Come on. Come on. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We love you. Breathe on us this morning, God. Come on, Holy. Father, we ask you to reach out right now. Reach out through the Internet. Father God, touch all those homes. Everybody watching online right now. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, Father, show up in a mighty, mighty way. We surrender everything to you this morning. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our homes, in this city, in this nation. Father God, we just give it all to you. Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, God.
dreams. Give me that God who gives me all things. Give me that fire. Give me that flame. Give me that fish wing. Give me that rain. Give me that freedom. Give me that God who gives me all things. Give me that freedom. Give me that freedom. You can have the change. Give me that fresh wind, give me that rain, give me that freedom, you can have the chance. Give me that God who gives me all things. Give me that fire, give me that flame. Give me that fresh wind, give me that rain.
through communion. So this morning, if you don't have your provisions, please raise your hand. Somebody will bring them to you as we get ready to take communion and remember the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. ready because we're going to have a supper, the last supper as many of you know and Jesus in Luke chapter 22 it says that he gets the loaf of bread that represents the body of Christ the body of Christ and he broke it and he said I'm breaking this for you, this is my body he said Jesus said, this is my body that I break for you and for me. See, Jesus knew he was about to be taken. He was about to be crucified. He was about to be taken, like the book of Isaiah says, like a lamb. He didn't even open his mouth. He knew all of this, and yet he decided to go. He decided to allow his body to be broken for us so badly. Just so you know, this isn't a, you can turn this down a little bit, please. This isn't a guilt trip. Like Lecrae says, it's a field trip. I'm I'm telling you what happened. It says that Jesus was unrecognizable to his mother. To his mother. I know there's a lot of mothers in here today. and And we know our children. And it says that his mother, his own mother could not recognize him. And he did that for me. your little wafer ready. Today we do this remembrance of you, Jesus. We thank you for your body that was sacrificed for us on the cross. You spared no expense for us, Jesus. You loved us while I was still in sin, Lord. While I was still in the world, while I was still evil, God, you loved me. And I thank you for your sacrifice. that it represents the new covenant. See, the blood of Jesus brought you into the new covenant. The old covenant was broken, so Jesus had to fulfill it. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. See, he knew he was about to shed blood, even out of his own tears. It says that he cried blood. spat in his face 
indicate that you, that this juice, God, that represents the blood that your precious son gave for us, the blood that cleans us, the blood that heals us, the blood that provides a new way, a new way. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. At this time, you can take it. You all just bow your heads with me. We're going to pray. Father God, right now, we thank you. God, we are grateful, God. We are grateful. God, I am grateful that you saw me, Lord, as one of those sheep that was going the wrong way, and you still sent your son for me. God, I am grateful. I can never pay you back for what you've done in my life. But with every breath, Lord, I choose, with every breath, Lord, I choose to serve you, to worship you, to bring you praise, to exclaim your glory to the generations and generations, God. We thank you, God. Today at Destiny Church, God, today as an entire church, we choose you, Jesus. We say we love you. We say we choose to worship you, to bring you praise, God. There's no one greater than you, Lord. We choose to acknowledge your sacrifice. And we love you, Lord. And we love you, Lord.
Try to speak up a little bit. Guys, can you turn me up just a touch? All right. It's a little better. They will ask. So we, were, we wrote this song one night up here after worship practice on Thursday. We were worshiping Jesus. And we were practicing. And we didn't even stop practicing. Miss Cassandra was here. Miss Sarah was here. There was only about eight people in this building. And the presence of heaven sat down in this place. started writing this song and I started and I came, and this came from something in my heart because growing up in Mexico and leaving you know they want to know why is this white person in this place why are you here in the middle of nowhere with us and we say well you're missionaries well who is your God is it Mary is it Judas is it Peter is it one of the saints they asked me, who is your God? See, this is something. If you're not getting asked this question at least once or twice a day, you need to fix something. Because when you walk into a room, when you walk into Walmart, the joy of Yahweh should be on you so much. They should be like, who is your God? Who is your Father? sit there and tell him he is mighty in battle he fights for me he is so slow to anger he is patient with me through my mistakes and he's so rich in love cause that's my God and that's my father and I reflect who my father is we are ambassadors we are representers of who Yahweh is so I want to I put this to y'all how many times do people ask you who's your God what is this spirit, this joyfulness, this love that is over you? What is that? You get to tell them who your father is, who your God is, who your Abba Father is. God, please just take this to heart. Let's sing it again. They will ask, who's your king, who's your God, who's your father? Yeah, they will ask. Who's your king? Who's your God? Who's your father? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will ask. Who's your king? Who's your God? Who's your father? He's mighty. Oh, he's mighty in battle. Faithful and just. So true.
Father, we thank you. We thank you for being that for us. We thank you. Thank you for being so just. Thank you for being patient with me.
want to give you an opportunity to really cry out to who your father is. I want you to understand who you're crying to, who you're shouting to, who you need to be thankful for, for a God that's mercy so powerful, so great. And he loves you so much. It's time for us to praise him a little bit more. It's time for us to give back to who he is. So this morning, we're just going to go back into this. And I want, to, I want you to experience it. I want you to surrender. I want you to give it all.
morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on, good morning online. Look, I, I'm DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, you guys love our church? Come on, get excited. So good, so good. My, my beautiful wife could not be here this morning. I know uh, um, she has still got a little sniffle and a, and a once-in-a-while cough, so she didn't want to put anybody in any unease. But we are healthy. Uh, we're good. We are, we are negative on everything, so everybody knows. Uh, it's just so thank you, Jesus. That's how it is, guys. Come on. You just give it to him and just let everything else just run its course and everything's going to be good. But, but man, I'm excited about this morning. Uh, thank you for tuning in online. Do me a favor, share this link, get it out to everybody so, uh, so they know that God's ready to speak to them. Because I'm telling you, that's how it works no matter what, right? We all know what the Bible says. It says when two or three are gathered together, right, in his name, guess what? He's going to be there among them. So guess what? He's going to show up in your house, at your work, wherever you're at, whether you're watching this now or later on sometime. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a good thing. He's just going to reach out and touch you, and that's so powerful. So if you need prayer this morning and you're online, guess what? We've got our online prayer team. Uh, they're waiting to answer those prayers. So text them, call them, however you want to do that. Those numbers will be on your screen. Just take a picture of those, keep those with you, and you don't have to worry about that. If you're new to our church, this is your first time, there should be a connect card. You can get a connect card either at connection point when you walk in, because I don't think we're handing out, man, we're so used to handing out bulletins with all that stuff in it. We're not handing out bulletins yet. So uh, if you need a connect card, raise your hand and we'll get you a connect card. Just let us know you were here so we have your information. We can reach out to you and thank you for showing up. Man, we are in, uh, man, we are in day seven of our 21-day fast. Come on, who's, who's enjoying the fast? That's what I love. That's what I love about our church, you know. We're not supposed to be sitting here crying and whining because we're, we're fasting. But the good part is, is God shows up. Every time we enter into a fast, man, the Holy Spirit moves in a mighty, mighty way. A mighty, mighty way. So I'm looking so... Uh, man, I'm just looking forward to this. I'm, I'm really, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And that's what I told about our little sickness. Here's what I said. We, we started um, we started a fast a week prior to the church because we want to be ahead of the game. And that's why when I got sick, I said, all right, devil, I got you. You're trying to stop the whole thing. But see, that's what I love about our church. It doesn't work that way because we have a church that doesn't stand on one person. I could be out of here for, for six months, and this place fits to the body. It's the body that makes up our church. So he messed with the wrong person, and here we are standing here strong saying you can't get us. So that's how it works. So I tell you, what, I'm excited about our fast um, and our prayer because you got it goes together, right? More power comes with prayer and fasting. That's what it is. Um, and we're going to do uh, Mondays, if you don't know yet, our prayer time, our corporate prayer time is Mondays at 6 p.m. right here. Okay, so show up on Mondays at 6 p.m. Come on, let's start praying as a family. Last week was our first one. I wasn't here for that, but I was watching it because we, guess what? We live streamed it. So if you can't make it, we'll live stream it. But I'm telling you, it was phenomenal from what I could see online, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen this week. Every week, come expecting. That's it. If you're not expecting God to move in a mighty way, man, it's going to be hard to find him sometimes. I'm looking, and when you look, you find it. When you seek, you will find, and that's just how it is. Um, so as a corporate, as a church, we're doing what we call social mourning. What that means is as a church corporately, we are praying for this world and, and, and everything that's going on. We're mourning the sins of the world. We're mourning what's going on in this world because it's falling apart. So as a church, we're coming together. We're going to head that up. We're going to pray for the world. We're going to pray for the, the, the United States. We're going to pray for Alabama. We're going to pray for this city. And we're just going to tackle it that way. We're going to surrender it all to God. And that's what we're doing head on. And then we're also praying for supernatural healing, not only over this body, uh, but we're, we're praying for healing over this country and over this world because that's where it starts. And if we're not doing that corporately, and I know there's a lot of other churches that are in a prayer time right now, so hopefully all our prayers are linking together right now. That's what it is. We just depend upon God. We surrender it to him and let him do everything. 
A uh, couple more announcements. Uh, Fat Tuesday, 6 p.m. Be here on Tuesday. It's our midweek service, right? Fat Tuesday. Come on, prayer, healing, and teaching. Get excited over it. That's good. Um, Destiny Kids Ministry, Wednesday, 6 o'clock. If you got your K through 6th grade, drop them off right here, 6 o'clock. And we have all the protocols. Don't worry about that stuff. Uh, we'll take care of your kids. We got it all set up. Now, usually we have student ministry in the sanctuary Wednesdays at 6. This week, that's not happening. They moved it to Friday. We're calling it uh, the 2020 Encounter. So on Friday, Friday from 4 to 8 p.m., drop off your, your students, your teens. So these are 7th through 12th grade. Uh, drop them off here, and they're going to have an encounter. What that means is the doors open at 4. Uh, they're going to, you know, our doors open at 3.30. Get in here at 4. Pastor Kevin's got another speaker, too. They're going to come in. They're going to have food. They're going to have a phenomenal time and spend some time together in here. And they're, they're joining with the church and everything we're doing. So it's going to be powerful. Get your teens in here on Friday. Let them spend some time with other teenagers because they can't do life alone. You don't understand that. You're, sometimes we think that we can't do life alone, but our kids and our teens, they can't do life alone. They need to be connected to other people that love Jesus, that are, that are, that are out for the same thing, chasing the same thing. So, so get them in here so we can do that. Um, some other things. Small group training is today. So if you don't know, rally day is next week. And our small group training is today at 12 o'clock. They've been sending messages out to, to all the leaders. So if you still want to host a small group, if you're even thinking about hosting a small group, Show up today at 12 and let us know or, or contact us. Reach out, okay, because we really want to get our small groups kicked off. I think right now, um, as the church is starting to come back together, what, what we realize the most is relationship. It's all about relationship. So uh, the, the closer you get, the more time we spend together, and that's what our small groups does. It puts people in, in a smaller setting where you can do life together and, and spend time together as a family, and just and that's what it's all about. So we're, we're expecting that. Uh, so today's the training at 12. Next week would be rally day. What that means is we'll have the small groups available for you to sign up and talk to people. So if you have questions about them, we'll have information out in uh, the four-year form. So we'll have all kinds of good stuff. Um, baptism is the 23rd. So if you want to get baptized the 23rd, it's going to be the Sunday right after the fast ends. So I'm fired up over that because we know the Holy Spirit's going to work through the fast. There's going to be people coming to know who Jesus is. Uh, and we're going to baptize people in here on the 23rd. So sign up for that. We'll also do spontaneous. So if you don't know, you just show up and let the, let the Holy Spirit work in you. And the next thing you know, you'll be getting dunked. Um, that's how that works. Uh, <laughs> but I tell you, uh, one more announcement I want to pass out. This, this might come to a shock for some people, but... But this has been spread around our church for a little while. And we want to, if you know, Pastor Daisy and Pastor Tim, they are not um, here this, today. They're actually down in Florida. They've been going back and forth to Florida uh, because guess what's going on? They, they have a new season in their lives. Uh, their family lives in Florida now, all their grandbabies. That's just part of it. Um, but they, they are going down there. God has a new season for them. So they're going to be transitioning out of the house. They're still part of our family, but they're going to be transitioning to Florida. Okay, so they're moving down there. That's going to be at the end of the month. I tell you this because on the 30th, the last Sunday of the month, we're going to do a fellowship right here, right after service so that we can all celebrate. Daisy's been in this church and Tim for 18 years. All right, so, so we get to come together as a church. Uh, we're going to take up a love offering that day, so if I want you to start preparing for that. We want to bless them on the way out. Uh, here's the thing. I say on the way out, but they're part of our church. They'll be, they'll be tuning in and coming in and all kinds of stuff, but they're just phenomenal, phenomenal pastor. She's an associate pastor of our church, so this is a good thing. God has a, a new season for her. Uh, she's going to continue doing Fat Tuesday. She'll be taking that with her. We have a new uh, Tuesday that we'll be bringing in here. So Tuesday is our midweek service, so we're going to be here on Tuesday. No worries about that, but Pastor Daisy will be transitioning, so um, as we move forward that, I'm just going to keep reminding you because I want food in here. We're going to just celebrate. Uh, 
It's not going to be after the fast. It's going to be time to feast. That's what I say. After the fast comes the feast. And we're going to be doing that to celebrate. Um, let's see. We got, uh, that was the last thing, I think. Whew. I appreciate y'all for all the prayers because we were out last week. Didn't Brother Bo bring a good word? Come on. What a timely word. Man. He doesn't like it when I recognize him. But come on, I'm telling you, the powerful man of God and the fact that, that, that I get to come underneath him is so powerful. And I love that fact. And what's really cool is that, as you can see, and I kind of shared it this morning, I'm at a certain level. <laughs> I'm at a level. <laughs> and then there's Brother Bo. And then Brother Bo answers to somebody. And his name is David Hogan. Okay, and, and David Hogan. So if Brother Bo's in alignment with him and we're in alignment with, with Brother Bo, we're all in one family. Okay, and what I say is the anointing flows down. And Brother David Hogan's going to be here. Okay, he's going to be here on the 20th and the 21st in this sanctuary Thursday and Friday night. And I, I want everybody here because I'm telling you, you want, you want to see how God's going to work in a mighty way during the end of the fast as we're praying for everything to happen. He's coming in here to do mighty things. So I'm excited about that. I look forward to that. And I can't wait to see what happens. Look, I'm, I'm just going to come expecting. I've never met him, so I guess he's in for something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, he, I am nothing to him as far as what he's seen. Uh, so it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, but hey, let's pray and let's jump into the word. I want to I get right into the message this morning. So Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Uh, we surrender to you this morning, Father. I ask you to speak to my heart right now. Father, let it be all of you, none of me, God. And let it land on the ears and the hearts of those that need to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. So, baby, if you're watching, I love you. I just got to keep saying that. I miss you. I don't know what I'm going to say because she always sits right there. And if I say something I'm not supposed to, she gives a little head nod. And then I got to rebuke what I say. And so she's not there right now. So, whew, I'm going to get it on the way to Troy. We drop off our baby at school today. So, right after service, I'll hear it the whole way. So, you got to start praying for me start praying for me. But hey, we're in the middle of a series. Uh, we've been, it's not even a series, we're just keep going in it, but we've been in this for a while now, weeks and weeks, called the Beatitudes, uh, and we call this series Beatitude Adjustment, right? And this is what I call the constitution of the kingdom of God. This is what, when Jesus came down, Sermon on the Mount, started preaching uh, to the disciples and other people, he said, guess what? This is where you need to be. This is what I'm telling you, blessed, how blessed you can be. And it's really a, an identity of what heaven will be like, and we want that on earth. So he says, if you follow these things, you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be able to experience everything right here, right now. And that's what it's about. So we're, we're in the middle of this. I want to focus on the Beatitudes, because I realize every time I read about them, I'm not worthy. And I read about them, I said, man, I can do so much better. It just, it just rocks me. And as I get into them and I read them and I read them, and now, man, I've been reading them over and over for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it just wears on you. And I just go, Lord, I need more of you. I can get so much better. What am I doing? So, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sharing a message with you today to, uh, to convict you a little bit because I don't want to be the only one. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But I tell you, it's a... Uh, um, we just realized this. I need to make adjustments in my life, because, and we all do, because I think sometimes we become spiritually lazy in our walk, and we get so comfortable in what God's doing in our life, and we get so comfortable in what's happening, we forget that there's so much more. And he's like, you haven't even seen a bit of it. Like, you're, you're still on the appetizer. He goes, taste and see how good I am. And that's what it's all about. And he says, so, so for us, we got to keep reminding ourselves and go, oh, man, I can get better at that. And then we just, we just dig in. We just start doing more and more and more and just seek him more and more and more. And, and that's what it's all about. So a couple weeks ago, uh, because I missed last week, so we talked about 
uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if you remember that, um, that was really about how we hunger and thirst for him. We Spiritually, we are hungry and thirsty. And nothing else can fill us up, and we wonder why. We wonder why all the stuff of the world can't fill us up. Because that's not where we're going to get filled from. It's going to come from him. So we have to be hungry and thirsty for him. And when we are, we are blessed. We are blessed. And, and uh, it says you'll be filled up. You'll be satisfied. And what I loved about that, satisfied, it means that you're filled up and, and you're, you're restful. Which means you're resting in the presence of God. You're resting in him. As, as the spirit is in you, you're just at rest. Nothing bothers you. Nothing messes with you. Like, like you can't get rattled because you're at rest. I tell you, after I eat Thanksgiving dinner, I rest. And you can't bother me can't mess with me i'm out like there's nothing okay that's the rest you want to be in it doesn't matter what anybody does around you you're going to be in a perfect perfect alignment with him and it's so good so you know all our beatitudes like i said they build upon each other you just can't like read the bible and go well i don't care about those i'm just going to do that one it's a foundation it's a foundation and uh so i'll read through all of them real quick just so we we get back on track this is our go-to verses so matthew 5 1 through 12 Matthew 5, 1 through 12 says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went on up the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart, pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That last bit, I love it. It says, great are in, in your, it says your what? Your rewards are in heaven. And I think what happens when you read this, you think, well, I'm doing all those things. And it's still crazy. I'm doing all these things and it just doesn't seem right. I'm doing all this stuff. <laughs> it says your rewards in heaven. Not saying that you won't receive blessings on earth, but he's saying your true rewards in heaven. So hang in there, be patient, be kind, and wait. And you'll see your reward. So like I said, these are building blocks. So today we're going to focus on the fifth beatitude. Um, the fifth. Here's what I love about it. When you break them down into four, it's kind of like a cross. So the first four is all vertical. This is you getting right. This is you going, oh man, this is all about me. I can do this and I need to do this and I need to do this. And when you do that, you align with him. Okay, after that, it starts going horizontal. Now it's how are my relationships? How am I dealing with people? How am I with other people here on earth? Okay, so this is where it gets challenging because anytime you start dealing with other people, hmm, things kind of go a little crazy, all right? You get tested a little bit more, you know? It, it, it's, it's unbelievable how you can be tested with other people. Uh, just leave it there for now. But Matthew 6, 7, so this is it. We're, this, is where, this is our verse today. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful. So blessed are the, those that, that show mercy because they will be shown mercy. In the TPT, in the Passion Translation, it says, How satisfied you are when you demonstrate tender mercy. For tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. There's that word satisfy again. There's that word satisfy. Filled up. 
filled up internally, blessed, satisfied, filled up. It's all an internal thing, an intrinsic thing. It's, it's the Holy Spirit moving inside of you, and that's where your peace comes from. And when you find peace, you find rest, right? So it says blessed or how satisfied you will be when you give mercy, when you give mercy. So this is big, you know, it's that, and this isn't like the blessed, like, you know, in the world we have blessings. Like, oh, I sold my house. You're so blessed. Hey, I went and bought a new car. You're blessed. I got a new job. So blessed. Yeah, you might have been blessed, but that's not the blessed we're talking about. We're talking about walking around knowing who you are and whose you are. And understanding that you have power beyond anything else, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit moving in you. Nothing can mess with you. Nothing can do anything to you or your family. That's the rest. And when you walk in that, nothing bothers you. It's so good to be able to walk around with nothing bothering you. Not that it won't try. Mm. So how satisfied or filled up or full you can get, which means currently you're not. See, and that's the problem in the world. You're not filled up. You're not full. So you chase everything in the world. You chase the better job. You chase more money. You chase a better car, a bigger house. I want to go on vacations. You chase it all, and you realize as you sit at home at night, you're not full. And you can't figure out, why am I not happy? Why am I not peaceful? And you start thinking about, what's the next thing I got to buy to make me feel better? And the whole time, he's like, just turn towards me. Because I will fill you up in a way that you'll never have to seek anything else. You'll be, you could be the poorest person on the earth and be at such peace. Because you know who your father is. Mm. So I think the best way to tell if somebody's satisfied is to look at their demeanor. Right? Look at their demeanor. Like I said, if, I, if after I eat and I'm watching football, I'm satisfied. You can see my demeanor. I'm out. All right? But spiritually, look at their demeanor. How are they walking around? How do they carry themselves? Are they angry at everything? Are they, are they fighting back people on social media? Are they screaming at people? Or can they, you know, what, what's going on in their life? That's how you can tell if people are filled up. That's how you can tell if people are eating the right food. Let's put it that way. Are they digging in? Are they feeding on the word? Are they feeding on his presence? Are they spending time with him? Are they doing it in the world? Because when they're doing it in the world, guess what? It's not enough. And it shows. And it shows. So how do you get that? How do you get that rest? How do you, how do you get that, oh, that feeling that filled up, right? You get it through, one of the ways is you get it through showing mercy, showing mercy. So anybody ever play the game of mercy? <laughs> Where's a kid? I'll play a game with a kid. <laughs> we used to do it all the time, man. We used to lock, sometimes it was one, sometimes it was two, and I'll take you to your knees until you're crying. And then sometimes you just go a little bit further, just to make sure it hurts. You just want the other person to cry mercy, right? Mercy. So all mercy meant was that they let go and they weren't torturing you anymore. Well, when we cry out to God, we're saying, Lord, I can't deal with this anymore. And guess what? He pulls it all off and he releases all the hands that are on you. He, he releases what the enemy is trying to do. And it's the mercy. It's the mercy of God. So what's it mean to be merciful? It's really just not showing somebody what they deserve. Not, not giving them what they deserve. Not in a good way. We're talking about the bad stuff. You know, so like when you're driving down the street and somebody cuts you off. Instead of going crazy and yelling and screaming and waving to them. 
you start praying over them, <laughs> right? And I'm saying praying like I pray they get where they're going safely, Lord. Not I pray there's a cop up around the corner. You know how many times I do that when people fly by me and I'm just like, there better be a cop up there. Because if that was me, I'm finding a cop. It's just how it works. But when they fly by, I'm like, come on, Lord, just put one right there. Never works. <laughs> but you, when people offend you, right, people offend you that causes you um, to not want to show mercy, right? Maybe people say stuff about you. Maybe people question everything you do. And you just have that urge to tell somebody how that makes you feel. And what's cool is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you gives you the ability to withhold that, to keep that. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means that, that, that when it enters your ears or your eyes and you see it or hear it, you get, to, you get to actually put it in a little cushion inside your heart, right? And the Holy Spirit kind of works on it. And then guess what? Nothing comes out. Nothing comes out. That's how you can tell. That's how you can tell who's filled up and who isn't. I'm telling you, it's, this here comes from uh, uh, Elios, which is the Greek word for mercy. It's opposite of wrath and justice. Whew. I don't know about you, but... I don't want wrath and justice, right? But, but we, have, we have a tendency to go that way, right? So it's not, not giving people what they deserve or you not getting what you truly deserve. Because sometimes we're on the other end and we're just like, please don't say anything. Please, please don't say anything, right? I'm telling you, there, there, there were times in my life where, where I didn't want anybody to say anything back. Because that would lead to something even worse. So it was like, just let me say my piece and leave me alone. And if I can do that, everything is good. But I don't know if you ever remember a time in your life when you didn't get something you deserved on the negative side of things. Whew. That's happened to me a whole bunch in my life. You know, and quick examples. Y'all remember in basic training, I always go back to basic because I was 17, I was young. And uh, I remember in basic, they made me a squad leader, and I had 12 people, and I had to take care of them. I had to lead them. I had to guide them. I had to make sure they ate. I had to make sure they did their clothes, right? all that stuff. And make sure they studied, because at the end of basic, you had to take a test. You had to take a test at the end of basic uh, to graduate. So it wasn't just all how you performed. You had to take an actual written test. And uh, I remember that time, because when we took the test, I failed. As a squad leader, I failed. And they called me in with this board, and they were like, hey, man, you want to go home? And I was like, no, I cannot go home and tell my folks that I couldn't even make it through basic. When I was a leader, I was proud. And I thought, here it is. They're going to send me home after, at that time, it was only six weeks. I was like, after six weeks, they're going to send me home. But they said, you know what? We're going to give you a chance because you've been doing these other things. We'll give you another shot. And they gave me another chance. And thank you, Jesus, I passed. <laughs> right? But I didn't learn anything. I went on to my next station in my training, and guess what? First day, I was in trouble. Within a week, I was arrested twice. Yeah, then you sit there going, I really don't want to go home, but I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 17. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm doing. My parents finally let me out of the house. I ran. It was horrible. And once again, I'm showing mercy. And they go, we're going to give you another chance, chance after chance. And because of that, when people give you a chance, you've got to learn from that. 
And luckily, luckily they gave me a chance because it worked out to be a pretty good career. I really enjoyed it. Kind of got me where I'm at today. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. Like he had his hands on all that stuff the whole time. You know, speaking of basic training, I'm going to take a break a bit. Jacob, I love you, brother. He came back from basic training on Saturday. Come on. That's good stuff right there. Back from basic training at church. He came on, was it Friday or Saturday? Friday. He had to look at his watch. He goes, I don't know. How's it feel, brother? <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, but we pulled him up here and prayed over him before he left. Uh, and God took care of him. And look at that, man. He worked hard. Looks like he's lost about 100 pounds. <laughs> you look good, brother. Well, thanks for being here, man. So good. I love it. I love it. I love celebrating our, our, our young men and women that join the military, man. It's so good to see servant hearts that just want to get out there and, and let God use them in a different way. So powerful. Um, so be here next week. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Little heads up. So here's the thing. You know, in the world, we tend to get used to these multiple chances. Mercy in the world is, is totally different. Like, I think that's a big thing. Like, oh, good, I get another chance. Mercy in the kingdom is totally different. You think about the rules. You know, I can even go all the way back. You know, God made, made the law for a reason. It was a good, perfect law. But then we're human. And he finally realized that they are never going to get it. They don't have the capability of doing it. Right? Because everything you see is the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death. So the mercy God gave us. Hmm. The mercy God gave us was whew, way beyond what we deserve. Way beyond what we deserve. The fact he had to send his son and give his son to die for our sins because somebody has to die. Somebody has to die with this. That's, that's the law. Somebody's going to die. So when you sin in this world, somebody's going to pay the price. And this says when you know Jesus, when you've accepted him in your heart, he's paid the price. Before, currently, in the future, he's paid it. That's never going to change. Never going to change. But there's still people that don't know that. And those individuals, even the ones that hear it and, and don't care about it anymore, and they don't follow it, and they don't accept him, they're going to pay the price because somebody has to. That's why the gospel's so important. That's why getting the word out is so important. That's why I'm inviting people even to this atmosphere, to church. And some people say, well, why would I bring them to church? They can get, they can get Jesus anywhere. Absolutely. But man, get them in the family. Get them around people that can help them through this and show them a way and walk beside them. Come on, that's what it's about. So Jesus paid the price. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 out of the Passion says, But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Saved us by his wonderful grace through mercy. If it wasn't for that, we'd be in trouble. Because I'm telling you, without that, you're going to get what you deserve. And I don't want that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to experience that. So Jesus was the greatest example of mercy. And I know we've talked about it over time, but you think about when he was dying on the cross. Right? 
Luke 23, 3, uh, 34. It says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Even when he was dying, he was asking God to have mercy on the people that were killing him. So you want a good example. There you go. Because here's the thing. Once you accept Jesus in your heart and you say you're a Christ follower, you're a Christian, mercy should be coming out of you to everybody around you. To everybody around you. Why? Because you receive so much. It's different. When you receive so much mercy, it is hard not to give it to everybody else. It is hard. Uh, But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Go to social media nowadays. It's all about people getting what they deserve. The whole world right now is up up in arms about everything. And I'm not saying things aren't justified and things aren't bad in our world and things need to be corrected. But right now, we have people out there killing people. We have people out there destroying things. We have people saying, well, if that's what they did to me, I can do it to them. We have people bashing people on Facebook and social media. And I don't know the other ones because I don't use them. (laughs) I think it's Instagram, (laughs) all that other stuff. But here's the problem is that we live in a world that thinks it's okay just to say whatever I want to say to whoever I want to say and it's going to be perfect because I have a right. I have a right as a human being to do what I want and say what I want. But not when you fall under his leadership. Not when you say I'm a Christian. That's not who he made you to be. Because every time you do something that doesn't align with him, come on. Every time you do something that doesn't align with him, the people that know who you belong to, they start questioning our God. They go, if he's so great, then why are you still acting like this? Don't come invite me to church when you can't even get off the highway without screaming at somebody and treating somebody like that. doesn't work that way. Man. This world is all about no mercy. It's all about take what you want to take, get what you want to get. Kill or be killed. Man, we're supposed to give mercy to other people. Like I said, it's easy to give what you have in abundance. Think about it. When you, you, you have a big pack of gum, Man, everybody wants a piece of gum. You're good with it. Like, take a piece, take a piece. You get down to the last one, you're like, no. That's my gum. Like, I got one piece left. All of a sudden, we don't want to do anything else. Like, I was good when I had a lot. But now that I don't have a lot, mmm, changes it. Like, how bad do you want a piece? I'll give you half a piece. I won't even give you everything. Yeah. Think about it with money. You know, when you, when you earn money, it's harder to give money away. But when someone comes up and gives you $200, you're pretty, you're pretty good when someone, oh, you need $20? I didn't earn this. Here you go. Somebody bless me with it. It's easy to give money. It's easy to give. It's easy to tithe. It's easy to, to, to give to other people when you have abundance. But when you don't have abundance, when it's tough, God, I'll just give you a little bit. Next week. Think about this. What did we do a couple weeks ago? We did our back to school, our back to school blessing, right? We went out back to school. We said, hey, we gave you guys a $20 gift, gift card. And we said, go bless somebody. Just bless somebody. Everybody enjoy that, right? Did it, 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 was it easy to give out the $20 gift card? Yes, it was. You know, for some people. <laughs> my daughter was like, dad, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I, I have like $40 in my bank account. <laughs> I'm like, well, give that $20 to somebody. You'll be blessed. Wasn't for you, right? But it's easy when somebody gives it to you and you have it and you can bless somebody. It's just harder. So mercy for us 
and you have an abundance of mercy in your life, it is so easy to give it. It is so easy to remember what road you went down and where somebody is. Man. So God wants us to pass on mercy. He actually hates it when we're not merciful. He hates it. You know, uh, Paul writes about that in Romans, if you, uh, and I think we got it, Romans 1, uh, 28 through 32. Paul's writing to all the churches, but he's writing to, uh, to the Romans here. And he starts talking about the sins, the sins that God hates, right? And when you think about sins, remember what sins are, right? These are evil things, right? And the wages of sin is death. So he starts reading through them as he's writing. And he says, furthermore, just as they need not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a deprived mind, depraved mind, so, they, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love. And they finish it up with no mercy. No mercy. Hmm. Goes on to say, although they, they know God's righteous decree, that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. And he hates it. He hates it. But here's people that know about God. They have heard about God, and they choose not to follow it. And then what do they do? They turn around, and when other people do things, they support it. You know the good part? <laughs> All they got to do is turn it over to Jesus and even these people today. God has mercy on them. We serve a good, good father. A good, good father. He says, I don't care how far along you are. I don't care where you're at. Surrender your heart to me. Turn it over to me. And I've got it from here. Man, it's so good. But there's a lot of parables uh, that Jesus shares concerning mercy. And I, I think there's the two. I'm going I'm to cover two today. I think the biggest one and in there that really hits it is a story about the king who forgives the debt. So there's this king and... I'll just kind of summarize it. <laughs> but there's a king who uh, allows his servants to, to borrow money from him. And the Bible says that this one servant, uh, because the king is getting them all together, he wants to collect his debt. And this one servant has, they say, up to a billion dollars in debt. That's a lot. So it's a lot, a lot of money he owes them. And he calls them in and says, hey, come on in. Uh, I want my money. And the guy's like, I can't pay you. And he says, that's fine, I'm going to put you into slavery, and I'm going to put your wife and your kids into slavery, and you're going to work it off. And the guy drops to his knees and cries for mercy, cries out, have mercy on me. And the king gives him mercy and gets rid of all his debt, every bit of it, wipes it clean. So now you can imagine that feeling. And he gets up, and he's excited, and he walks out and runs into another servant that owes him $20,000, and he grabs him by the throat and says, you owe me $20,000, I want it right now. And then throws him in, into prison. That's where I'm going to pick it up in the verse. As it says in Matthew 18, 32 through 35, and this is after. Now, everybody that saw that, they went back to the king. And they said, do you know what this guy did? Billy Bob, you just set him free of all this stuff. And he went out there and choked out some dude and threw him in jail because he owes him money. He had no mercy. Even though you had all this mercy, he's given no mercy. 
So I'll pick it up in 32. It says, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And then Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Whew. So you've had and received so much mercy. And he's saying, I need you to forgive everybody else. The same mercy I gave you, you need to give everybody else. That's a tough one. Remember, I said, this is, this is the, the, the horizontal line. This is us dealing with other people. This is dealing with people that have hurt you numerous times, lied to you numerous times, stolen from you numerous times. And we're supposed to be merciful each and every time. Supposed to forgive. Mercy and forgiveness go hand in hand. Same thing. You ever walk in unforgiveness? <laughs> Got quiet. Because I guarantee you there's people in this room that are walking in unforgiveness right now. And it's a burden. It will weigh you down. When that phone rings and you see that name or somebody's in a conversation and they mention somebody's name and it just rattles your cage. It just gets you spun up and you can't even focus anymore. It's unforgiveness on your heart. And it's actually blocking the blessings of what God wants to do in your life. It's putting a dam up. And it's saying, I want to bless you, but man, you're walking in unforgiveness. You need to forgive. I forgave you. I forgave you. Hmm. That's not the rest we're supposed to be in. That's a burden. That causes anxiety and fear and, and worry and unrest and sleepless nights when you're worried about somebody else because they did something to you. Get it off your chest. Forgive them. Leave it where it's at and move on. When you give it to God, just walk away from it. There is a peace knowing that you can forgive somebody and not walk around with that burden. But you're like, man, I forgave them so many times, though, and they just keep messing up. Okay. Well, like I said, always go to the Bible. What's the Bible say? Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, no, I tell you, no, no, not 70 or seven times, but 77 times. And that wasn't even a, a, a definitive number. That's just going to represent forever, forever. You just continue to forgive. That's tough. That's real. That's real to be able to look somebody in the eye that's done something wrong to you and constantly forgive them. Now, Wisdom comes into this, and, you know, sometimes you can separate yourself from that. You know, he's not saying walk back into the same stuff you do all the time. He's saying forgive them. Forgive them. Give them another chance, but forgive them. So when we show mercy, it means we don't judge people from their past. We don't judge people from what they've done either to you or to other people. You know how many times that comes up when somebody wants to borrow money or something? Well, I know what they did with that person. Oh, that's not what he's saying. Forget about their past. We're not supposed to look at their past. We're supposed to forgive them, have mercy on them, love them. That's what the Word says. 
instead of this, instead of worrying about their past, why don't we declare what God wants to do through grace and mercy in their life in the future? Because maybe the one time you do something nice to them, maybe the one time you show mercy, right, that one time you have favor and give them favor, guess what? Maybe that's the thing that turns them around. Maybe that's the one thing that connects them to a God that you know that they don't. Maybe that's the one time. So that's my prayer when I walk into those situations. All right, Lord, use it. (laughs) But then after you do something like that, walk away from it. Don't expect nothing. Don't expect nothing. Have mercy. You know, and I know it's hard because people say, well, how do you do that? How do you, I say it all the time. Lower your expectations on people. Raise your expectations on God. And you can walk through this nice and easy. Right? So when we show mercy, we just don't judge people. We show mercy because God wants us to show mercy. And uh, Micah 8, uh, 6, 8, it says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So to do what's right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. I give a lot of scripture when I'm talking about the Beatitudes because I want you to see it wasn't just one statement in the Bible. Like, have mercy on people. No, there's a lot of it. And poor production people, they're lucky I cut them down because I I got about, you know, a million verses every time. I don't know which ones I want to use, so... They have to type all that stuff in. I appreciate our production team. Let's give it up for our production team. We love you guys. And they still need help. I'm telling you, if you want to continue to do this, man, if you can push buttons, get back in production. We need you. I know. That was a plug. But here's, here's the thing. Here, here's, what, here's what I love about mercy. This is what James says in James 2.13. It says, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who is not merciful. I don't know. I already said before, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with judgment. I want mercy. I've experienced mercy in my life. I thank the Lord for mercy in my life. I don't want to experience the judgment without mercy. But yes, it says, but then, so judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful, but mercy triumphs over judgment. So mercy triumphs over it. So if you, so if you don't need to, I guess if you don't show mercy to somebody, you can be judged. But if you show mercy, that will overcome every bit of judgment you can ever deal with. Triumphs over it. Man. So how about those people... I understand it, Pastor DJ. I love it. Man, you're telling me to be merciful. I get it. And there's some people I work with I'm merciful with. But, man, how about the people in the church? How about my brothers and sisters in the church? The ones that know Jesus that are supposed to be perfect and they keep offending me and doing stuff to me. How about those people? What, there's got to be something special about those. Nope. Luke 17, 3 through 4 from the Passion. So be alert to your brother's condition. And if you see him going in the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. Cry out, correct him. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I'm changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. You know, this might surprise you, but I guess in other churches in the country, there's a lot of drama in churches. (laughs) And people get frustrated in churches. Like they get offended in churches. They should have known better. They're Christians. People are people. And this says, guess what? Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them each and every time. Well, how do you do that? Like I said, lower your expectations 
on people, raise your expectations on God, it's easy. <laughs> I say it's easy. I struggle with it all the time. I'm lying if I say it's easy. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You're the only truthful one in the back. He's like, that's right. I got you, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I'm t isn't it great that, that, that God doesn't hear your prayers and go, oh, great. It's DJ. How many times are you going to come to me and ask me for this stuff? How many times do you need forgiveness? It, well, I'll I just decline. <laughs> then he calls back. DJ's calling again. What do you want me to say this time? I know y'all know what I'm talking about because people do that to you. And you do the same thing. I don't want to talk to them. Mm -mm. Last time I talked to them, they wanted something. Mm -mm. Yeah. All they wanted was money last time. They know when you do that. It like rings twice and goes nowhere. <laughs> At least let it go to voicemail. <laughs> Man, I'll take a voicemail from God. I'll do, you know, whatever. God, put me on voice. At least you'll hear it, maybe. Yeah, mine fills up and sometimes it's, I don't know, quickly. <laughs> Just don't know. So let's look at another parable real quick. Uh, the Good Samaritan, this is a great one. Um, because it just goes against everything the world's about. Everything the world's about. So here you see a, a Jewish man gets jumped, um, going to the city on a road, gets stripped down, gets beat. Um, they take everything, take his clothes, and leave him on the side. Just leave him laying there. And then you have a priest that walks by, going to church, and walks right on by, goes to the other side of the road, doesn't do anything. Then you have a Levite comes by, another person that works in the church, and and they're heading to church, and they don't do anything. And then you have a Samaritan come by. And Samaritans and Jews, they didn't get along. They didn't like each other. You know, that's different. They're just different people. And the Samaritan stops by and does everything. Bandages them up, picks them up, carries them, takes them into a, a hotel, gets them a place, pays for it. Does everything that's not expected. Everything. And it's a parable. It's what Jesus shares. He says, uh, I don't, I don't think I have this scripture, but, you know, they do it because uh, in verse 25 of Luke 10, 25 through 37, it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law, so Pharisee, stood up and tests Jesus, says, teacher, he said, he asked, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what's written in the law? And he replied, how do you read it? He says, I ans he answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your strength and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Like he's, he's trying to say just people like me, right? People that look like me, people that act like me. That's the only people I need to love, right? That's it, because if they're not like me. And then he shares that parable. And as it goes down, it says, Jesus asks him, after he tells him that, he says, which of these do you think was the neighbor to the man? who fell in the hands of the robbers. And the expert of law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Have mercy, it doesn't matter. You don't have to, to look the same, you don't have to act the same. Love and mercy go hand in hand. You love everybody and you, you show mercy and help people. Mercy is not only forgiving people, it's helping people that are in need. Show mercy. See. I love the fact that the religious people didn't stop. That's just amazing. You know, and 
And this is a challenge because, you know, they, they were going to church. I can't stop. I, I've got to go preach. I don't have time. See, I think why the uh, Samaritan stopped us is guess what? The Samaritan made room in his life, made room for God to work in his life. He wasn't totally self-absorbed in who he is and his life and what he wants and where he's going. He had room. And because he had room, God showed up and says, oh, you have room for me to work an amazing thing in your life? Awesome. Here's an opportunity. That's why he got to do it. How many times do you drive home and God lays something on your heart, but you just need to get home and you don't do it? How many times are you walk, walking through work and you're on a mission or, or you're going anywhere? I don't care where it is. And God puts something on your heart, but you're so busy, so self-absorbed with what's going on in your life that you don't even give God room to work. You don't. And then afterwards, you'll think about it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm driven on the highway. See a car broke. Oh, oh, God, I should what? Stop. You mean this guy? You mean this The guy right? Oh, that one? And nobody's ever done that. Oh, I meant to stop. I should have stopped. But, man, I'm late for dinner. Uh, I got to be somewhere. And then it just bugs you till you get up to the next exit. And that's just God saying, I had an opportunity for you to bless somebody. I wanted to use you in a mighty way. But you didn't make room for me. You were too self-absorbed with what's going on in your life to even care about what I want to do, how I want to use you. So we got to think about that. You got to think about your posture when you're when you're walking around as a Christian, saying, "God, use me." Come on, we're praying, "God, use me, use me, do mighty things in me." He's going, "How many more things I got to lay in front of you?" What's funny is the more you surrender to Him, the more He'll use you. I love it. Oh. So don't get caught up in the world. Don't limit yourself on how much God can do in you and through you. Oh, you know, there's a person in the Bible that um, I love to talk about, and I'll kind of, I'll just, I'll break it down a little bit, but uh, it's Joseph, because Joseph's a man of mercy. If you don't understand Joseph's life, he was, he was born um, with uh, 11 brothers, and he was sold off to slavery. His brothers didn't like him, and they wanted to kill him, but instead of killing him, they sold him off to slavery. He goes into Egypt and uh, ends up in prison, and then, then ends up, you know, uh, interpreting the, a dream of the Pharaoh, uh, and the Pharaoh then brings him and makes him the second, you know, in charge of all of Egypt. All of Egypt. Because his brothers didn't want him, and they sold him into slavery. Now, what's funny about that is that when he was interpreting the dream, why he became second in charge is because he told him, he said, look, there's going to be, your dream says there's going to be seven years of just um, wonderful crops. Everything's going to be, it's going to be just plentiful. It's going to be great. But then after that, there's going to be seven years of famine. He goes, so you might want to get out there and save up everything and start stockpiling stuff so you can make it through. Pharaoh was like, man, this guy's pretty smart. I think I'm going to use him. So he does. Well, here later on in the story, you see where his brother's, find out that they're, they're, there's a famine going on. They're starving. They need whatever they can get, and they find out that there's grain in Egypt. So they go to Egypt to buy some grain, and they walk in, and who's in charge of giving out the grain and selling the grain? Joseph. And they don't recognize him, but Joseph knows it says brothers. He gives them a hard time, which I'm sure I would too. Like, that wouldn't be like one of those running up with tears in my eyes giving you a hug. I'd be like, hmm, 
And that's what he does. He makes him run around a little bit. He wants to see his brother Benjamin because Benjamin and him, they came, they're brothers from the same mother, <laughs> right? He goes, I want to bring Benjamin back here. His dad wouldn't let Benjamin go anywhere. You know, that's his, that, that was his last one. So he's like, he's like, well, you bring him back here. And either way, here's the thing, though. He still showed mercy because they came and bought a bunch of grain to take back with them, and he put all their money back in. So when they got down the road, they started checking it. They're like, man, we got money back. So he still blessed them and had mercy on them. But then they come back. And when they come back and find out, uh, and they come back and they buy more, and either way, uh, they find out who he is. And his brother reveals himself. I'm going to pick it up in Genesis 50, 18 through 32. Man, you can just sit there and read. If, if you haven't read Genesis in a long time, if you just, just read it. Like you can sit there and read the whole thing, and it's, it's phenomenal. You get so much out. Just keep reading it. It's really good. But Genesis 50, 18 through 31 says, His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. He says, because of you, God is able to work through me and save the lives of people all throughout Egypt. So, so what everybody thought was bad, and it was bad for Joseph at the time, because guess what? They sold him into slavery. He says, don't worry about that, because I'm filled up. I know who my God is. I know who brought me here. I know who seated me here. I know who anointed me here. And because of that, I can do amazing things. And because of you, thank you. Thank you for treating me that way. That's what he's telling them. Thank you. Because of you, God's using me in a mighty way. That's how we're supposed to treat people. And I don't know if you've been through that. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But what a great example of how to have mercy, even with family members. Because our culture doesn't say that. Culture these days would have been like, kill them, execute them, throw them in prison. Right? Think about, think about the world today. See, the worldview and the kingdom view are totally different. Totally different. So we're called to be followers of Christ to show mercy. And here's the thing, when you show mercy, you receive mercy. So that's the cool part, because we all need mercy. Every single one of us, every day, I need mercy. God, whew, help me here. You know, I, I think about this, and uh, um, I just want to stand in front of God at the end and just know that, that his mercy is going to be all over me. Because I don't want to answer for anything I've done. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't want that wrath. I don't want that judgment. I just want to stand in front of him with a, with a peaceful heart and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. All right, so some takeaways. How do, you, how do you show mercy? How do we do this? You can write these down if you want. Or plug them in your head or your phone. Be patient with people's irritating habits. That's number one. <laughs> Be patient with people's irritating habits. Don't get upset. Don't, don't, 
don't show anger. Uh, this is really easy when you work with people, go to school with people. <laughs> people got an irritating habit you don't like, and all of a sudden you just don't want to deal with them anymore. Right? Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You got to make an allowance for each other's faults. This actually works in marriage, too. Big time. Any relationship. Yeah. All the wives are tapping out. What's up with that? This is so big in relationships. This is why in a marriage, this is why I tell people, you're not supposed to live together until you're married. Hush over the crowd. You know why? Because if you live together, you won't make it to marriage. <laughs> You'll just leave. You'll be like, I can't deal with this. You are so annoying. See, when you're married, now you've already settled that one with God, and you can't. You can't get a divorce. You're just like, well, I'm stuck with you. I got to get used to this. You know, pick up your own clothes. <laughs> you know, get, get, the, get the beard shavings out of the sink. What is your problem? Like, you don't do your own dishes. See, these little irritating things, right, that you're supposed to show mercy in. That's why you got to be, that, look, that's why you're married before you live together. That's the secret, I'm telling you. That's it. Mm. Second thing, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom, because wisdom is full of mercy. Wisdom is full of mercy. Pray to God. Let, let God's words, you know, read the Bible, pray God, reveal wisdom to me, and, and in that wisdom will, be, will come mercy. James 3.17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So ask him. If you're having a problem with mercy and forgiveness, take it to God and say, show me. But read the word. Get into the word. Number three, help those who are hurting around you. Help those who are hurting around you, like the good Samaritan, when you see people hurting. And I'm not talking about just like, it's not just physical, uh, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional, it could be financial, whatever it is, help those people in need around you. It's not always a, a monetary thing. Sometimes it's just, man, what's going on? Can I listen to you? Can I pray for you? That's all it takes sometimes. Proverbs 14, 21 says, it is a sin to belittle one's neighbor. Blessed are those who help the poor. And that's poor. Like I said, poor physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. And it doesn't matter what got them there. See, a lot of times we tend to say, I'll help them. But man, I already told them what not to do. Now I got to help them through it. Anybody got kids like that? <laughs> I told you what not to do. And now I got to help you again. <laughs> All right? Number four, give people a second chance. We have a tendency to write people off or try to get even. <laughs> Give them a second chance, right? Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Second chances. Forgive people. Do good to those who hurt you. Whew. That's never a good one. Do good to those that hurt you. You know, I'll, I'll share a story of, uh, I met a lady. Um, she's in her 70s. I met her a couple weeks ago. And uh, she's divorced. Been divorced for a while, but I got to pray over her and her son. 
uh, her son was going blind, and we just we just got to pray over her. And she started sharing her story with me. And she's been divorced for like, man, I think like 10 or 15 years now. And she says, and it was a bad breakup. You know, husband just wouldn't, wouldn't do what he's supposed to do. And she says, his husband, her husband right now is on um, all kinds of medicines and diabetes and dialysis. And she goes, I'm the only one that gets up and picks him up and takes him in to get his treatments. She goes, all the hurt I went through, everything he put me through, and I'm the only one standing by his bed right now. That's mercy. That's saying, no matter what you put me through, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do what needs to get done. So can you do that to people that hurt you? Luke 6, 35 through 36, but, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without experiencing, or accept, I'm sorry, without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Be kind to those who offend you. That's number six. Same thing, hurt you, offend you. Man. Like I said before, when you're kind to them, it leads them to Christ. Think about that. Somebody offends you, they know it. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I want to offend somebody, I know how to do it, and, and I pretty much know after I do it because it just weighs on your heart that you offended somebody. So they know it. So how you respond to that, they're going to want to know, how come you didn't blow up? Like, how come you didn't get angry? How come you didn't say anything? Then you get to tell them who your dad is. You get to tell them who you belong to. It just opens the door for an opportunity to share the gospel. Number seven, befriend those who need a friend. Befriend those who need a friend, those people that need a friend. The strange people. I used to always say the strange people, keep them close. That was a rule of mine in the military. We'd get these young guys in from all over the place, and I'd be like, that was a little weird. And he'd be my best buddy. I'm like, because if you decide to come in here and light this place up, I want you to give me a warning. Uh, <laughs> I was like, keep him close. I'm like, I like this guy. I'll, I'll take you to lunch. I'll do whatever. I just, when the time comes, man, I'm, I'm going to have a pass. That was my... That was my thoughts. Like, get me out of the building. <laughs> but here's the thing. Unpopular people, those people that nobody wants to be around, guess what? You befriend them. You befriend them. Matthew 9, 10 through 13. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So when's the last time you invited people over to your house that you know aren't Christians just to spend time with them? When have you invited the strange people other than me and my wife over to your house? <laughs> Just to, just to hang out, just to see how you live life, just to spend time with them. 
how you win them over. I'm telling you. They get around you. They want to know what you have and what's all over you. And they want it. And they want to be like it. And they want more of it. And that leads and opens the door to a conversation. They're going to trust you. Then they're going to trust Jesus. And there you go. That's what we're called here. We're called here to seek and save the lost. That's what we're here for. We've got to value people over policies and relationships over rules. It's just how it works. Because we can't give out too much mercy. Because if you think you're giving too much mercy, take a look at Jesus. Titus 3, uh, 4 and 5 says, But when the, ki- the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. And Jesus took it all. He paid it all. So some of you are probably sitting here today, and you're thinking, man, there are some people who have done some really bad things to me. And you're telling me I need to forgive them. Like I said in the beginning, I think there's people sitting in here walking in unforgiveness. You might have walked in here this morning because you're upset, you're angry, somebody offended you, and you have not let it go. And you're carrying it with you. And the good part about it is you don't have to walk out with what you came in with. You can lay it down in here. You can let it go in here. You can let it all go. You don't have to, you don't have to carry it out. It's a burden. The whole point was to, to come in front of in the presence of Jesus and give him everything. He'll take it from you. Holy Spirit, take all that from you if you just give it to him. You got to be willing to do it. And here's the thing. You can do it. You can forgive those people. And it's not you. Like you said, I don't know if I can do it. They've done something really bad to me, and I don't know if I can forgive them. Well, you're right. You can't do it on your own, but it's by the grace of God. You can come out, Penny. It's the supernatural power of the grace of God that it gives you the ability to have mercy on other people, especially those that have hurt you. So if we just allow God to work in your heart, allow God to, 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 to work on you, start remembering all the times that God has showed up and given you mercy. Start remembering those things. And I tell you what, when you remember those things, when you remember everything that God's ever done to you, all of a sudden you're filled up and you're filled up with an abundance of mercy. And all you have to do now is release it. And like I said, when you have a lot of it, when you remember all the stuff that God has set you free from, everything that God's taken from you, all the mercy he's given you, all it does is open the door for you to go give it out because you have it in abundance. Amen. So I'm going to pray with you this morning. I know there's people in here. I know there's people watching online. And I know you don't need to, you don't need to walk out of here with that same stuff. So, so I want, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, I don't care if you look at it. I'm just telling you right now, I just, I want to know who I'm praying for. And I don't know if maybe you're, you're walking around going, I need to know how to show mercy. God, give me the power. Father, give me the insight, the wisdom to be able to walk in a freedom to show mercy. So maybe that's you. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe there's somebody in your life that has hurt you so bad that you said, I could never forgive them. Take those words back today. 
and surrender it today. Give it up today. Don't walk out of here filled up with that same stuff you came in with. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in you today. And just give that up. Maybe there's people that you need, maybe there's people you need to apologize to because you've done something, you've offended somebody. Maybe you need mercy. So I don't know which ones those are. Some I might even, I might not even talk about, but if that's you this morning, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I want you to show me what, what do I who am I praying for? I see the hands. Come on, I see them. I see them. I see them. I see them. Yes, come on, holy. Come on, Father. Father, you see the hands. Father, we, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, you see the hands and the hearts in this place. Father, you see the hearts online. All those people watching right now, Father. Father, we declare a supernatural healing over them right now, Father God. Father, we want you to, to overwhelm them with your mercy right now, Father God. Overwhelm them with your power right now and your love, Father God. Give them the grace they need, Father, to do what they need to get done. Father, those that are hurt right now, Father God, wrap your arms around them in a mighty, mighty way. Father, love on them like they've never been loved before. Father, for those that need to forgive, Father, just give them that ability, Father God. Right now, God. Free them from whatever it is, Father God. Whatever unforgiveness is on them, Father, whatever that is, Father, we free them of that right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we love you, God. Father, those that need to apologize or those that need to go seek and, and, and ask for forgiveness, God, give them the courage right now, the supernatural courage to, to, to go do what needs to get done, to free themselves of worrying about that any longer. God, we make room for you right now. Come on, Holy Spirit. We make room for you, God. Use us in a mighty way, Father. Let us bring a light to this dark world right now, Father. So, Father, you see the hands, you see the hearts, Father. We lift them up to you right now. Do your works, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I know there's people in here. There's got to be someone in here today or somebody watching online. And it starts with that relationship with God. That's the very first step is knowing him, seeking him. And when you seek him, guess what? The Holy Spirit will fill you up. And guess what? You're not going to have any of those worries, any of that fear. You get to surrender it to him today. It starts with a relationship. It doesn't matter if you've done it before or you've messed up a thousand times. Maybe you want to renew that relationship and make another commitment to him. I don't know what it is. I just know that today is the day. Don't walk out of here without doing it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. That's where you get that freedom. That's where you get that mercy. So if you're carrying stuff, if you're worried about those things, if you're worried about paying the penalty for your sins, right now is the time to surrender that to him. If that's you and you're in here this morning, just raise your hand. Let me see. Let me know who I'm praying for because we're going to pray as a church. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come up front. If you're online, come on. We see your hands online. God sees your heart. So as a church, we're going to pray this together because that's what it says. We're going to declare with our mouth and you're going to believe in your heart. So church, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. 
and how you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, guys. Let's get excited. We got people that come into the kingdom of heaven today. Look, if you said that prayer, you're guaranteed a spot in heaven. Guaranteed. Jesus paid the price for everything you just did. You should be excited about that, but we want to help you out because it doesn't stop there. There's a process. We want to help you through this. We want to talk to you about the next step. We have baptisms coming up on the 23rd. We want to talk. We want to give you resource, free resources to help you walk through your walk with Him that can answer questions and help you. So if you're online, email us, call us, uh, email info at destinychurch.al. However, get a hold of the church. Let us know. If you're in here, fill out the Connect card. Let us know you made that decision. We have a free gift for you at Connection Point. You know, uh, whew. man, I love our worship team. <laughs> Come on. We got to, uh, we get to worship today. I want to call the prayer team down. I don't want anybody leaving. Uh, if you need prayer, we're going to have our prayer team down front. Um, we also believe in destiny before you leave. Uh, it's an opportunity to give. Giving is part of worship. That's who we are. We give at the end of service. We'll have our ushers at the door. Uh, you can give in the kiosk in the foyer. You can pull out the app. You can download the app and give there. Give online. I just know this, that, that we surrender everything to God. Man, it's amazing. You, you can't touch what only He can do. You can't even imagine what He wants to do in your life when you give. And when you give, it's that last bit. It's that step of obedience. But here's the thing. I want you to give with a cheerful heart. If you can't come in here today and give with a cheerful heart, we don't want it. <laughs> Just how it works. I want you to give with a cheerful heart because everything God's given us, we're going to give back to Him. And remember this, you're not giving to a church, you're giving through a church. And God will use it in a mighty way. God's going to speak through us and use it through us to do amazing things. So I'm going to pray over our offering, God. We're going to have our prayer team up here. The worship team's going to be up here. And I'm going to dismiss you for the week. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Come on, Holy. You're so good. Everybody said...